Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 93, Woo. special WrestleMania edition, but WrestleMania in the timeline and not real WrestleMania. But there's a more special reason. One that I asked you, do I do anything for this? And you went, nah. Just say something. Happy birthday. It's everyone. my birthday! Yep, November 26th. If you listen to this a day late, you missed it. If you listen to this a day late, unsubscribe. I don't want you here. But it's my birthday! So Emily, for your birthday, I got you a break from WCW. Yeah. How'd it feel to be on the other side again? I don't know. I didn't really love going back to WWE, if I'm honest. Like, I know I like the show. I kind of wanted to stick with WCW longer. Because we're so close to changes. So yeah. it just feels like we're prolonging this change. And, like, yes, this was a good show. And, of course, it, like, we're always going to enjoy WrestleMania. Like, well, that's not true. <laughs> this yeah, is a good WrestleMania one. 13 episode on Patreon right now. Hell yeah, brother. I remember watching this show when we first got into wrestling. While we were watching, I realized this is the first WrestleMania that Nick and I watched together when I was fully in the wrestling sphere. So we'd watch all the SmackDowns. We kind of kept up on the Raws. This is the first WrestleMania I watched knowing all the storylines going into it. Yes, because Emily said often, oh, you know, goldfish brain. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, yeah, we've watched this. And like then she like, identified the exact like, month. And I'm like, what the fuck? I remember the things that are good and that I give a shit about. I don't care about a regular stupid episode of Nitro from, like, 99. I Like, one match, I don't care. I don't remember that. That's why we have this. I have notes. I go back and I read them. Yeah. But this was kind of fully your plan to go back into WWF for this WrestleMania. How did you feel going back into it? I realized that we had not been in, like, in the timeline in WWF for a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I literally think the last one might have been WrestleMania 15. Which would have been... Year literal calendar this. year before this so we, a lot we, has changed in yeah that we were gonna year. do unforgiven 99 and then i'm like i don't want i, I just kind of decided against it we have enough going on in wcw we don't really need to know what's going on the other side we the problem is we know the other side's good yeah. like we do the ratings every week we know how much better raw is doing than nitro so we don't need to jump back and forth as much this is really more just like a, a reprieve well speaking of how much better they're doing so this is WrestleMania 2000, not WrestleMania 16, but this is the most purchased WrestleMania of all time to that point. Okay. How many pay-per-view buys do you think it did? Many. You would be correct, but can you be more specific? Um, is it under a million? Yes. I'm going to say 750,000. 824,000. I was going to say 800,000. It was 800,000 last year, so it's up just a little bit from then. Okay. Uh, not to be confused with the most recent WCW pay-per-view, which did five figures. No. <laughs> I think literally did 10% of the business of this at best. I mean, so, that okay, so that's not entirely fair. It's not. Those are not but- entirely fair metrics because WrestleMania has this big name behind it. Everyone, even if you're not paying attention to wrestling, you're going to watch WrestleMania. Like, people watch WrestleMania, even if they have not been watching Nitro, or fuck, even if they haven't been watching Raw, if they haven't been watching SmackDown, they didn't watch the past pay-per-views. You watch Nitro. Fuck. You watch- <laughs> You've gotten into the reverse now. <laughs> you watch WrestleMania. So it's not fair to compare WrestleMania to, what was the last WCW pay-per-view? Was it Uncensored? Unse- yeah, you cannot compare Uncensored to WrestleMania. No, That's but, not fair. But we also compared Uncensored to No Way Out. And, and I was, don't think that was fair either. What's the fair pay-per-view to compare well, to? I guess Uncensored and No Way Out's better. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's more apples to apples. It still beat it by like five times. Sure. Comparing Uncensored to WrestleMania is just not fair. Was Starcade fair? Because Starcade also did shit. I mean, that's what they're calling their marquee show. So yeah, it yeah. is fair to compare Starcade to WrestleMania. Spoilers, WrestleMania won. Well, 
But today's WrestleMania takes place on April 2nd, 2000. 364 days away from the biggest WrestleMania of all time. And it's set in Anaheim, California, in a building they do not want to show you the entirety of. But there's a really beautiful patch of Birds of Paradise flowers out front that the cameraman loves. Yeah, like, they just were, you felt like you do like, obscure just this little part of the building. Like, nope, not showing you any of the rest of it. They're showing you the sign that says WrestleMania. Yeah. That's, like, on the highway. <laughs> right before we get into this, this actual show, how much did you remember about this going in? Because it is a rare occasion for you to, like... I remember this. So going in is relative. I didn't remember what was on the card when you said, oh, we're watching WrestleMania 2000. But as they were running down the card and as each match started, I remembered bits and I remembered spots. and I definitely remembered the premise of the main event. I didn't remember anything like I didn't remember any finishes. I didn't remember like outcomes, but I remembered premises. Which is good, because outside of our opening package, there are no video packages to explain why the matches are happening. But 90% of these matches don't have a reason. I'd say half. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's not 90. It, it's about half. Could have fooled me. But let's get into the show. We get Lillian Garcia speeding through the national anthem. Why don't they give her a backing track? Lillian Garcia is a beautiful singer. She has a great voice. She has a very powerful voice. Singing the national anthem a cappella just feels mean. That is a hard song to sing. So that's why it's like really impressive when people can do it well. It's a hard fucking song to sing. But doing it a cappella is just setting her up for failure. It's just mean. Give her a track. You, It's it's a royalty-free song. Vince, you're not costing you anything. We then get our WrestleMania opening package. It puts over a little bit of the history and then just goes right into a McMahon in every corner. Yeah, so this opening package doesn't really show anything of the upcoming show except for a McMahon in every corner. It just shows, like, the history of WrestleMania. It's funny that, that they think this is a one-match show. And you can make the case it is, but not that match. In terms of marketing, it's a one-match oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. They want this to be a one-match show. They just got lucky that there were two other fairly good matches on the card. We get the opening pyro and JR and King on commentary, as was the style at the time. I mean, it's an iconic duo. Can't be mad at it. And we get our opening matchup very quickly on Peacock because yeah. they have decided Jughead. to cut this entrance. They didn't try to do anything with this. Which is so confusing because they cut the intro when they're introducing the match, but they keep it in the package at the end when they're recapping things. Is so it, we still see it. Is it like the iTunes preview where you, you can use like 10 seconds of the song? You can't. Uh, I don't know. It was stupid. But uh, what you missed was Pimpin' Ain't Easy. Ice-T comes out with Godfather and the Hose singing Pimpin' Ain't, Pimpin' Ain't Easy, man. And then what? Pimpin' Ain't Easy. And then what? Pimpin', Pimpin' Ain't Easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, sorry. You missed Pimp or Die. Ah, shit. <laughs> right. My bad. Gotta be careful. Could have died. Godfather has a mic, cuts a promo, and this man is over. Holy shit. Yeah. This is a very, um, in your terms, fway crowd. Oh, we'll get we'll get the peak of that later. It's, it's very show me your puppies. It's a, it's a lot of steak and blowjobs, Pops. Yes, this is a very steak and blowjobs crowd. So it is the Godfather and D'Lo Brown versus the Big Boss Boys. The Big Boss Boys, Team B. Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan. Mr. Buchanan. I honestly forgot what Bull Buchanan's name was until that card came up. Because I recognized him and I knew like who he was. I was like, what the fuck is your name? He does look like he, he could just stand in for the Harris Brothers. Exactly. Yeah, he could be anybody. He really is just like filler character. I will say, I think after the last couple months, Bossman deserved better than this. Because we are fresh off the Pepper and Big Freak Show's fake daddy died. 
And then, then we're here, and I'm like, come on. That's like the best arc in wrestling, yeah. is that, that storyline of Bossman and Al Snow with Pepper. That's that's so peak beauty incredible. And this is the payoff, or not even payoff, this is what you do with that character? And it, well, I mean, Al Snow doesn't get much better later on. Yeah. I mean, that feud had one of the best blow-off matches of all time. What, Pepper on a pole? No, Kettle from Hell. Kettle from Hell. <laughs> I forgot that was part of that. Yeah, that's Dave's the payoff. Taken. That's the final match. And speaking of not not doing anything with it, D'Lo Brown is just kind of here. Yeah, we didn't really get a lot of head shakes. No. It was very minimal. He kind of feels like the Luigi, the Godfather's Mario here. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, just dress the same. It's fine. Let's go. Match starts pretty standard fare from these guys. We get a 10 punch spot ending with uh, D'Lo diving onto Bossman on the apron. The heels do a double slide out of the ring and then punch to D'Lo. Bobby Cannon has some decent offense. He kind of... Compared to being one of the Harris brothers, but he's kind of a, a more talented Johnny the Bull. Yeah, but Johnny the Bull has more personality. Sorry, Bull didn't want a cheese sandwich. He still has more in-ring charisma than yeah. Bull Buchanan. Bull Buchanan is creator wrestler. Yeah, it doesn't help that um, Bull's character is, we don't know a lot about this man. Uh, he's, a, he's a buddy of the boss man. Yeah, pretty he's, much. He's the big boss buddy. Big boss buddies. Not to be confused with the Harris buddies. Yeah, commentary doesn't give us a lot of help here either. They are... Yeah, they don't explain any of the feuds. No. Like, there's not really a feud and for this. later on, they were forgetting people's names. Yeah. <laughs> they were not here. They In were vastly not vastly different matches, too. They called Chris Benoit Dean Malenko not once, not twice, but three times in that match. I think they probably also mess up um, the Hardy Boys' names during... Prob- oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of confusion in that match. We get a scissor kick for, to D'Lo from Bo Buchanan, and then D'Lo gets worked over by the heels, including Bo Buchanan locking in a bear hug, but D'Lo gets his arm up on three. This is a better bear hug. I think we talked about this. Yes, because he, he lifted him up to squeeze. Yeah, it wasn't just a standing hug. It was a, like, pick him up, squeeze the life out of him. Some effort was put in. Yes, a little bit of effort goes a long way with a bear hug. So this, I'll believe. In a weird theme of the night, we get boss men putting both arms up going, yelling, we are the men. There are a lot of men. Yeah. Who's the man? I think we get three or four of them tonight. In like different matches. I, I mean, I guess it's also recounting boss man and Buchanan as the men. No, because I'm only counting people who said, I'm the man, who's the man, we're the man. But Bull was included in boss man's we're the men statement. But boss man's the only one that said it. That would require Bull Buchanan to have any in-ring charisma to actually know to talk to the crowd. We need a Sid run in just to add one more. Yo, what if? We then get the one thing they did want to happen with a diving axe handle where Boss Man holds him and just, they do the move. It works! So it can work. Bull Buchanan goes up top, but Godfather shakes the rope, so Bull slips. This was incredibly subtle. Yeah. To the point where I thought that this was like a botch, or somebody actually slipped, or somebody forgot to shake a rope, because it was so subtle when, when Bull fell that I was like, why did he fall? You're like, oh no, no, he did it on purpose. D'Lo hits a corner Hurricane Rana, and we get a hot tag to the Godfather. Ho train to the boss man, complete with, with Jerry. <laughs> the ho train is such a stupid move. It's so D- does Jerry doing train noises make it better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> By it's the way, really stupid. at least it's Jerry doing it, as opposed to that brief period of time where they literally piped in train noises for Braun oh. Strowman. Oh, God. No. No, this is the right level of production. If there's any other production in these matches, it just feels corny. And then get a boss man slam and a diving leg drop to D'Lo for the win. It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, oh. It did, yeah. This wasn't a bad match, but it's not the hot start to a show you want. 
No, but it did get the crowd hot. Yeah. The crowd really was excited for this. And that's, I mean, yeah. that is saying something. Just like, they love the Godfather, man. They love the hose. I think there was a little bit of a show your puppies champ, but they were, crowd was a little more subdued than I thought they'd be. Yeah. I mean, mad respect, you know. Pimpin' ain't easy. Ice-T, not taking a bump here. Was Ice-T even here? <laughs> Did he just come down the ramp and leave? Because I don't think he was ringside. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I think he just cashed his check and left. And it was 2000, so he could but like, he got the text. Check, check cleared. Just Bye. Out. <laughs> he got the direct deposit. Let's go backstage. WWF champion Triple H and new women's champion Stephanie McMahon talk about how they're both champions. This gave like big ain't life grand vibes, you know, like in a Christmas movie before everything falls apart. Yeah. Like, let's make plans for next year. Everything's great. Isn't it great just being alive? It gave big that vibe. So I was like, oh, something disastrous is going to happen. And it did, but didn't. Any thoughts on Stephanie being the women's champion? I mean, no. She didn't do anything with it in the pay-per-view. She never, like, she didn't earn it, really. If I remember the storyline correctly, she was constantly getting help to get the belt. Yes. And she always came out in, like, her gym clothes. Like, not in not in gear, but, like, yeah. a t-shirt and biker shorts. Yeah, I remember, like, not being on board for the Stephanie run. I don't if, think you were supposed to be on board. Yeah, it's also one of those things where, if you look at the women's title last year, I think it was... Sable and Tori, like... Who I totally forgot existed. Yeah. The women's division's not in great shape, so... It's okay, though. Trish Stratus just debuted. Yeah. We're gonna be okay, guys. But will we be okay for our next match? It's the Hardcore Battle Royal, which is no, not a battle royal. call it what it is. The Hardcore, hardcore Bonkin' Time. Oh. It's like, Bonkin' Time. So, the, our participants in this basically championship scramble are champion Crash Holly, Hardcore Holly, Bradshaw, Farouk... Mosh, Thrasher, Joey Abs, Pete Gas, Rodney, who they keep calling Roddy. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that too, because I was catching that. I'm like, I don't remember what his name is now. Funaki, Takamichinoku, Viscera, and oh, how the mighty have fallen. It's Taz! Oh, God. It's just sad. It's really sad. Taz, who debuted like two months ago at the Royal Rumble, killed Kurt Angle, and then... And now he's in a battle royal with Viscera. Yeah. I think that's the most, like, damning. The rest of the crowd, you can probably give, like, a pass to, like, yeah, they're, they're good. I mean, not the Mean Tree Posse. But, like, the rest of them, they're good. How dare you <laughs> disrespect <laughs> the Posse. But Viscera is, is like, why the fuck are you here, man? By the way, th- we should note, this WrestleMania is boy central. Oh, yes. See, I, I'm giving shit to the Mean Tree Posse. But when Pete Gas came on screen, I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> We're back, baby. No high society on this uh, on this, this show. So we we cut to a clip from Sunday Night Heat of Tim White going over the rules with everybody. Well, the two notable things here was this is meant to be the end of the 24-7 rules. Right. And he's like, you know, it, it's going to go 15 minutes. There can be as many belt changes as possible. Could be, t- could be two. Could be five. Could be seven. And then Crash, like, whispers over angrily. And Tim White goes, or maybe none at all, Crash. Okay. <laughs> Let's get real here, Crash. So everyone gets an entrance. I was really ready for, like, you know, everybody to be in the ring when we came back from this. Yeah, I mean, every, like, faction got got an introduction. Like, the Acolytes came out together. The Mystery Posse came out together. It did cut back on that, like, timing a little bit. The Acolytes also feel a little out of place here. Yeah, but, like, in a different way? Well, we'll talk about them at the end of this match. Okay. Because everyone just brawls to start. Almost immediately, Taz hits a Tazplex and pins Crash. 
Which, good. Put which, him over quick. Which, they cut away from the move. Yeah. Say what you will. If you had done that, and then the next 15 minutes is just Taz killing everybody, you could have maybe saved Taz yeah. there. That would have been fine. Yeah. It was not that. Because Taz goes to brawl with people on the outside like an idiot. There is no psychology in this match. No, it is just head down, beat up. Viscera grabs Taz, runs him into the ring post, and pins him. Jesus Christ. I think that was the moment that Taz died. (laughs) Yeah. I really do. I'm sorry I'm giving so much shit to Viscera, but if Viscera is the one to take you down, something has gone horribly wrong. Oh, I might need to make you watch 1995 King of the Ring. I would rather you didn't. Now... You say this is where he dies. Do you do you remember what happens at next year's Rumble? No. Oh, he gets eliminated in like five seconds. Taz does? Yeah. God. I, like, it's been debated. Is he crying on the way to the ring? Cry- I don't think Taz cries. No, it's one of those where like, I don't know. He looks like he's... I don't think Taz cries. He's not a crier. But it is, it's definitely, you know, not fair. Like this yeah. poor man, he had an incredible career. He got hawked by the competition and then basically got made a, into a joke. I, I mean, think that Vince I mean, he did sign him out of line. He did, but he didn't know he was signing on to be a joke. I'd like to believe he didn't. I think Vince is laughing at this. If he's not laughing yet, he's going to laugh when uh, Taz impersonates JR going, I'm blind, JR. I can't see. Jesus Christ. Complete with, with glasses and a cane. Great. So just bonking all around and crash blades early on. No, not he's worth it. busted open. No, he is bloody. All it's insane. This will get topped. Yeah. Trash can lid shot, but Viscera kicks out. I really don't think anyone's gonna kick out at anyone at any point in this match. No. More brawling. We then get Pete Gas blading at some point, and he gigs himself a little too a little deep, a little too hard. He got a little too excited. Joey Abs lays out Taz. Enough said. <laughs> we then get a Dominator to Funaki and a powerbomb to Takamichinoku. And then the APA just throw Kai and Tai on top of Viscera, and the pin counts for Funaki. This didn't make any sense to me, because they pinned at the same time, so why did the ref only call Funaki? Maybe he was technically the first one on there. I didn't bother to rewind <sighs> That's a That's a lot of attention to detail that these referees are not known for. Yeah. I don't know. But this created dissension between Kai and, Kai and Tai. Tai, so now these two are going after each other, now they're not a factor. And like the APA... I don't think try for a pin at any point in this match. I don't. I think he might be no, right. They don't win the belt at any point. No, I think um, I think Farouk goes for a pin at one point. Mm. But yeah, they're one of the few people to not win the belt at any point. Yeah. I don't know if Taka does. He's the only only other one that I'm like maybe. I don't know. Taka and Funaki are now arguing, and and Funaki like sprints to the back. Taka and everyone else gives chase, but Taka, like a professional, grabs his flag on the way. He's nothing if not in character. He's a countryman. He's a countryman. He's a patriot. So everyone brawls to the back. Rodney pins Funaki. And then Joey Abs pins him after a gut wrench suplex. And like, he held the title for 24 seconds. 24 seconds has to be some kind of record. I don't know, man. It has to be. Wouldn't shock me if if at some point in the future that that gets passed. (laughs) Thrasher then pins Joey Abs. It's been a minute. It's It's been like literally a minute. So everyone goes back to the ring. P-Gas pins Thrasher and is covered in blood. Yeah, there is a lot of unnecessary blood in this. Granted, it is a hardcore match, so blood is a little bit more validated, but it's a lot. Taz brings P-Gas around ringside, hits Tazplex, and pins P-Gas. And in a spot of just, you know, being on autopilot, Bob Holly stomps Taz mid-pin, but like it, it's, the, it's the spot. Let's just continue it. We don't have to do it again. Yeah. More bonking all around. 
The Hollies work over Taz, also end up fighting each other. Taz then forgets the rules of the, this match and tries to pin Crash Holly. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing, man? He does it twice, too. What are you doing, man? Are you just mad about how this match is working out for you? Everyone's brawling at ringside while the story stuff happens in the ring. It's like, you could only pin the champion here. That is the one important thing to note, where, like, Joey Abs and Farouk brawling has no bearing on this match. No, not at all. Crash pins Taz, but Taz locks in the, the Taz mission with about 30 seconds left to a massive pop. I mean, like, good. Yeah, like they still haven't killed Taz to the crowd. <laughs> They've killed him in the ring, but haven't killed him to the crowd. Well, and then Crash Holly probably lasts longer in this hold than anybody in history. <laughs> yeah. Bob Holly grabs JR's candy jar. Which, why does JR have a candy jar? I don't know. I think for these spots. He smashes the jar on Crash Holly and Taz, and Bob Holly pins Crash. And time expires. So Crash loses the title, and Bob Holly is now the champion. Yay! That's partially correct. That is what happened. Well, so what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to run out of time. So Tim White starts counting the pin with four seconds left as opposed to two. Ah. Uh. So Tim White has to pull up on a three count with there's when there's still like a second and a half left when Crash does not kick out. So the pin counts because communication was not clear. Crash was supposed to retain. Right. He does not. Yes. No one knows what's happening, least of all commentary. So, yeah, commentary keeps trying to call back and be like, wait, no, there's a reverse call. Wait, we need to check the tape. JR yells he got his shoulder up when Crash is flat in the fucking mouth. That man didn't even flinch. He didn't even, you can't even be like, no, Bob costed for him. Like, no, he didn't even try. Apparently what happened is uh, Tim White's wearing an earpiece and whoever was counting him down fucked up. But as the funniest part to this was Crash leaves the ring holding the belt because, you know, he's still in character. He's like, no, no, it's mine. I deserve this. Even though he actually knows that he's supposed to be walking out with the belt. Yeah. Tim White grabs the belt, gives it to Bob, who's still standing in the ring. And <laughs> you can literally see the camera holding on Bob Holly, and he just mouths, fuck. <laughs> well, not his only swear of the night because no. I thought this was on the main show. Maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know, but it was not on Peacock, of Michael Cole interviewing Hardcore Holly, where um, the thing of note is, when Bob gets asked about the weird finish, Bob threatens to, I'll break your ass in half, you little shithead. Damn. Which is, like, unnecessarily, like, (laughs) that's too much. You're a little too hot. I'm like, did you cut it because he swore? No, I think it's just a little, like, out of character. I don't know. No, Bob Holly's a miserable prick in and out of the ring. Mm Mm-hmm. This match itself was a total mess. What's bizarre, though, is the way that the ending hit in ring, like what ended what actually happened. It was so clean and like it looked choreographed to the point where I was like, wow, they timed that really well. Yeah. And then when he told me it was a mistake, I'm like, that did not look like a mistake. From the audience point of view, that was not a mistake. That was perfectly executed. Yeah. The fact that it's a mistake kind of also just kind of adds to how good these wrestlers are. Yeah. That they can pull this off and it doesn't look wrong. Like nothing, it didn't look like a botch at all. Yeah. The, the thing that tips you off is everybody looking around like, uh, what do we do? Yeah. And commentary being like, oh, wait, there was a reverse call. Like, yeah. yeah. So I actually asked Nick after we watched this match, Nick used to really like to do, and still does, um, Sporkle quizzes where he can try to name every, every anything of anything. So he's been doing like every... Um, heavyweight champion, every winner of the Royal Rumble, everybody who's ever participated in a Royal Rumble. So I was like, how well do you think you would do on a Sporkle quiz of every hardcore champion? 
If I had to do it in order, like maybe three. <laughs> just this match if, alone would make that impossible. Well, no referring to your notes. All they do is just name people. Just think of like all right, all right, who was who was the undercard, and they probably won it at one point. But like, Raven it won order. it like thirty-two times. Jesus, I think that'd be a fun sparkle quiz if that exists. Send it to me. Let's go to a package for WrestleMania access. I I have a few notes here, and no, they're not anything good. I think it's a good thing that WrestleMania Access doesn't exist in this form anymore. Yeah, it's it's different now. They did Access last year, but I've not heard anything about it for this year. Okay. In this form, though? I don't know, but we get Shawn Michaels wearing some dark sunglasses indoors. Oh, bud. Yeah, he's at a table doing a signing with, I think, Valvinas. Like, why are you at a table with Valvinas? I don't know. The, the pair-ups are what really confused me. I laughed my ass off at Kane wearing his mask and, like, a long sleeve t-shirt. Oh, yeah. They cut to Terry at the Peep Show. And who's next to Terry? They put Taz at the Peep Show. <laughs> oh. Why? This is what I mean. Like, the pair-ups at the tables make no sense. Pervert Jones over it here, Cole. It doesn't make any sense. We cut the big show. I'm so excited. I might, I might pee my pants. Yeah, What? <laughs> You can do some fantasy play-by-play with um, with Michael Cole. I should say you can do play-by-play for matches, not some weird. <laughs> yeah, fantasy play-by-play really uh, changes um, the connotation of that. So you can do it with me. You can do it with the Fink and others. <laughs> so who, who are the others? Yeah. We get a we get two a couple people here that like not on the show, but we're out of access. Um, the three notable ones were Shawn Michaels, who we mentioned. Yeah. Undertaker, looking very like American Badass Taker. Oh, yeah. This is his uh, prototype. And Steve Austin. Yeah, you were shocked that these three were at Access. I was not. Contracts, man. You have to be at WrestleMania if you're on the card. It's on their contract. Well, they're not on the card. That's the thing. They're on the WWF roster. They're injured. So it's one of those where it's- They're on the roster. They can sit at a booth and sign papers. I think in future years, if you're hurt, they don't make you go. I, I was not shocked to see these people at all. It's WrestleMania weekend. Of course you're going to have these three. So there are only three WrestleManias from Undertaker's debut to his last match that he did not appear on. It is WrestleMania 10, this one, and WrestleMania 35. Well, we know he's on WrestleMania 9. Yes. Yeah, Austin does not play into anything tonight, but will be around for next month's pay-per-view. Good. Back from that, we get another replay of the botched finish. Like, guys, just move on. But again, it doesn't look like a botch. They keep trying to play it up like, oh, no, he kicked out. Like, that man did not flinch. Yeah. I was say, the wrong person won. The, the, the show botched. I think the show botching is different than the wrestlers botching. To yeah. me, a botch is like a very sloppy finish or a pin that got fucked up. Like, I don't know. Well, the pin did get fucked no, up. No, it didn't, though. <laughs> Nothing went wrong. Just the count was wrong. <laughs> Nothing in the ring that went wrong. Nothing went wrong in the ring. That's, I think that's the difference. Nothing went wrong in the ring. If you took that clip and put it on Botchmania, it wouldn't make any sense. We then go to a locker room where Al Snow has a secret surprise for Steve Blackman for their match later. You said locker room. It was a bathroom. There's bathrooms in a locker room. He was staring into a toilet stall. Fair. Steve Blackman not having whatever it's going to be. And then we get a hard cut to boobs. Yeah, just Trish. Trish boobs. <laughs> Well, it's not even like, oh, like the boobs are obvious, and so I say hard boobs. No, literally just a close-up of boobs, and, and then they pull it out. It filled the whole screen. Yeah. Which brings us to our next match. It is Head Cheese versus Head cheese! TNA. Head Cheese! 
And Emily, what is Al's surprise for Steve Blackman? He has a mascot for head cheese. It's a it's a dude dressed in a wedge of cheese named Chester McCheesington. They yeah they, they say different versions of the last yeah, name. Yeah, it's something along those lines. I have Cheeserton. They all say Cheesington. They all say Cheesyton. They they say a bunch of different things. It's cheese. It's a wedge of cheese. The dude in a cheese mask costume. So I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's cheese. He literally fucks up his first assignment. Part of the costume is his ass cheeks are like stick meant to be sticking out through the costume. Yeah, there's holes where his butt is. But it's a small guy. Like he yeah. can't fill out those but the cheek windows. The thing is meant to be, let's go head cheese. And he can't hear it, dude. He You're just, giving him way he too just, At least he's on beat. You're you're killing him. You're giving him too much hate. That man is in a cheese costume doing his damn best. He can't hear shit. He can't hear anything. He's clapping on beat. And in a bad sign for this match, as it starts, JR's mic goes out. Yeah, and uh, they don't really do anything about it. No. Like, they fix the mic, but they don't They don't try to cover and keep calling the match. They do, Jerry is just focused on giving JR shit while the mic is being fixed. And perving on Trish. Yeah, the match does not matter anymore. We should get some high energy action from TNA to start, and then... It falls apart for a second as we lose who's legal. And they, they kind of stop caring about that throughout this match. Oh, yeah. And then we get Jerry calling the cheese Chester the Molester. Because oh, he, he's like going after Trish on the side. And Trish keeps going like three feet away from him. Like Trish is a professional. Trish, there and are she's, four sides of the ring. She is feeding into the entertainment. She knows What entertainment? She knows what's getting on TV. She's feeding it. I think Trish is 50% of this match. Yeah, I want to know. She doesn't do anything. She just is standing there like, well, let's let's see what Trish is up to. So I called this match clearly very planned, but not fully planned. I thought you said bland. I'm like, yeah. No, P, <laughs> planned. Because there were spots in this that were very clearly choreographed, very clearly talked about ahead of time. Like, we're going to do this move and this move and this move, but they didn't. And this is something that happens in a lot of matches. They don't plan for the in-between. Yeah. So the thing happens and then nothing happens. Yeah, it doesn't help that this is another match that like there's not really a lot of story going no. in. It, it's TNA is a new team and head cheese is a thing that they want to get on WrestleMania. So I fuck love it. Head cheese. Very basic at tag action. The crowd is silent for this. They're like, yeah. nope, we're not gonna do it. Like some, Can you blame them? Yeah. Like this isn't a good match. <laughs> you know, I I, I I realize I wrote basically the, your same note in different words. Some good execution on the moves, but they aren't putting them together in, in an interesting way. Exactly. Like, there are pieces to the jigsaw puzzle of this match, but they're not connecting them. JR agrees, calling this uh, a match with bowling shoe tendencies. What does that mean? It means it's ugly. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting way to put that. Acai moonsault from Al Snow to the floor. Get a backbreaker elbow drop combo from Head Cheese, and then a sit-out choke bomb from Albert. Al gets thrown into the crowd. We get a press slam and diving elbow drop from TNA for the pin. This was a messy match. This is a long match, too. It, it didn't feel, like, overly long. It just felt hard to keep track of. Yeah, it was rough. And just to add to it, Al grabs a mic, apologizes to Steve Blackman. They bring Chester into the ring, and Al says it's time to cut the cheese. And they just beat the shit out of Chester. This Chester. made no sense. Yeah. I actually kind of hated this. This like, might be my worst were, bit. Because, there were like, some this, booze. This didn't make any sense. This poor man got hired to be a piece of cheese by this team. And then he just got, like, the shit beaten out of him for no reason. What did Chester do? What did he do to deserve this? Went after Trish? I don't know. But he kind of didn't. Like, ugh. this this felt really out of place. This felt just mean. 
and I I actually really very much hated this because this did not make um, head cheese look good at all. Yeah. This actually like turned them heel more than anybody would have wanted. It's just fucking mean. Said it was out of place. Speaking of things out of place. Backstage, we get a scene from Austin Powers as the cat and Mae Young do the um, like oh cover the cover the naked body with you know different objects, implying that it's like wow these are the biggest melons I've ever seen. It's I Austin Powers popularized it, but that's just a comedy bit. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, and then there's the the little kitty cat T-shirt over Miss Kitty's vagina. It was the it was the sweater over her vagina. It was the water bottles on her boobs. It was. I think, it was just, I think it was just an arm across at one point. Arm like, across Like, they didn't point. even have, like, that many of them. It was just like, what if we did this bit? Yeah. yeah. Anybody have any ideas for it? No? Let's still do the bit. I think they just really wanted Miss Kitty to be naked backstage. Yeah. I mean, at least she was in the room with Mae Young. Yeah, we'll get the worst part of that combo <laughs> later. Backstage, Michael Cole interviews the Dudley boys. Oh, my boys. Devon says he's afraid of heights, but he's just going to move past that. It's like, oh, okay. Doesn't play into anything for the match. Not at all. So why'd you even say that? I didn't even catch that he said that. Bubba says they will take WrestleMania and, and the ladder match to a whole new level of violence. Yikes. And now shall not ooh with the Dudleys. It's their way of getting around the stupid stutter angle. And not saying fuck. It worked very well. Bob Holly, take note. You don't have to actually swear in the promo. I do love thou shalt not fuck with the Dudleys. Yeah. So we get. What if we get that cross stitched and like put over our mantle in our house (laughs) as like a prayer, you know, like how like old people have cross stitched prayers in their house. Like bless this home. What if we did thou shalt not fuck with the Dudleys? (laughs) Sure. I think it'd be cute. Live, laugh, thou shalt not fuck with the Dudleys. Next up, we get our tag team title match. It's pre-LC, the triangle ladder match. It is the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and the Edge and Christian Boys. <laughs> the Edgy Boys. And team, go fuck yourself. Ugh, I love it. They have so much hair. Yeah. Christian in particular has so much hair. I think I realized part of my issue with Edge in this time. He starts getting his eyebrows done at some point. And that's when I think he gets main event because they are bushy as fuck here. He does Why not look good. Why are you focusing on his eyebrows? <laughs> I don't know. Something about his face just looks weird in this I love era. Him. How don't don't talk down about him. He looks great. He's hot as fuck. Edge and Christian attack the Hardy Boys to start, and everyone brawls around the ring. I wrote, "We get it. who's the man number three from Bubba." I missed number two. Oh, it was Bob. Oh, Bob. Right. Yeah, I will never call him Bob Holly. It's just Bob. I'll, I'll take you through some some key spots in this match because there's a lot going on. And we all know how I'm going to feel about this match. Like we yeah. all know. Let's Je- just highlights. Jeff misses a 450 onto the ladder. So Bubba hits a senton bomb onto the ladder on Jeff. Edge is like standing on a ladder and rides it down to slam onto Matt Hardy. But he doesn't quite like have the roll he down. He so just his like, head. He's kind of like jams his leg looks like. Yeah. How? You got to tuck and roll, man. You'll learn. You'll get there. You get the Terry Funk helicopter spot from Bubba, but it's drop kicked into Bubba. Christian climbs a ladder to, to dive into the floor onto Bubba and Matt. Jeff tries for the belt and is standing on the ladder. Edge goes from the corner and spears him off the ladder. Hmm, interesting spot. Wonder how we could one up that. What in the a future. prototype! This really was pre pre LC. This yeah. is such a prototype match. It's like mm, I have an idea for a move. Let's see if it works. Oh, it worked very well. Let's keep going. We get to sit out Razor's Edge from Matt Hardy to Edge, and I'm assuming this is the first time they mentioned this, but they they cut to the camera above the title belts. They they, they have a million names for this camera, but. King does use the phrase, that's like the Wile E. Coyote cam. And that's the one that sticks. Eventually, because Jim they, Ross keeps calling it a suicide cam. Yeah, they were they were calling it 
all kinds of different things during this match. And JR kept trying to push Suicide Cam. I'm really glad they didn't stick with that. We get a, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, either a cutter or an RKO from the top of the ladder from Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> Double splash and leg drop from ladders from the Hardys. Double superplex from the ladders from Edge and Christian to Devon. Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys climb and both groups take each other out up top. Everyone climbs up a ladder. Christian and Edge fall all the way to the floor, like from the top of the ladder in the ring. Ugh. It's like, oh, Jesus. Like Matt and, and Edge at least get like crotched on the ropes to like slow it down. No, <laughs> not for these two. And because the Dudley's the only ones left, like Christian has to like run in the ring after that bump to keep the match going. He gets sandwiched between the ladders and then we get a 3D to Edge. I love the 3D. It, it is yeah. such an excellent move in wrestling. It is so clean, it is so effective, and it looks so fucking good. Especially, we're still in the era of Bubba doing like the running hit on it, as opposed to like the standing there waiting. Yeah. After the 3D, the Dudley boys do a big stare down, and it's like, it's literally a pseudo get the tables moment. They, that's the thing they, they go do right after. Yeah. But like, they just don't have the they thing They don't yet. have the words yet. This match is so like, it's going to be perfect in a year. Yeah. Like, this is, like, 90% there in a year. 100%. Even in, like, four months. So close. We are so close to perfection. In a spot that clearly nobody liked doing because they don't do it again, like, ever. The Dudley Boys set up a table resting on top of two ladders. Yeah. On top of two, like, 12-foot ladders, right? Those were big ladders, weren't nah, they? I don't think they were. No, they weren't the 12-foot ones, but they were, like, probably eight feet. Oh, so they were just standard. I know there was a 12-foot ladder. Yes, I thought there we'll were get more to that one later. Ring. The Hardy Boys stop the climb and tables are set up below the ladders for a spot later. Bubba power bombs Matt from the Spanish announce table through another table on the floor Ugh. as Devon misses a dive through the table in the ring. Jeff goes for a spot he does sometimes of like the running on the barricade to hit like a you know a jumping yeah. attack of some sort. And Bubba just fucks a ladder right into his face. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. La ladder Camera based... was placed perfectly oh, for it. Yeah. Ladder-based offense is always just painful to watch. Just like yeeting a ladder at somebody's face. A whole ass ladder. How do you how do you counter that? And they say they learn how to fall. Bubba grabs an, an even bigger ladder than all the other ones. This is the 12-footer. Okay. That ladder gets set up on the ramp and then a table gets set up in front of it, which results in Bubba laying on the table somehow. Yeah, I think Who knows just, how these things happen? Just got to take a little nap. Take a break. I'm just going to lay right here. This is a safe spot. Take a nap. Jeff goes to the top of the 12-foot ladder and maybe jumps a little too far out because he just lands tailbone first he onto the floor. It, yeah. he, he does put Bubba through. He clips it. But yeah, the momentum just, the tailbone just smashes into the ground. Ugh. We get a twist of fate to Devon. Matt and Christian climb up to the table platform and brawl up there. Which is so precarious. Yeah. Like, please do not put your full body they're like, on that. They're like fighting on their knees up there. Like, uh -huh. no, I'm not standing. I don't blame them. Edge throws Matt through the table below, and Edge and Christian pick up the victory as the new tag team champions. Woo! Yeah, I mean, this this match puts I think, everything on this card to shame. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. an incredible match. And again, this isn't even their perfect form. This is like the mid-evolution. We haven't even seen peak yet. Yeah, because these... All three of these groups are still pretty baby. Yeah, like they like don't have characters here. No. It feels like. like the Dudleys are the, maybe the closest, and it's like they have glasses. Well, their character came with them from ECW. Edge and Christian are brand fucking new. They haven't figured out what their little niche is going to be. Hardy Boys are like we're just edgy. I mean, the, the part of the problem is that they they keep trying so many fucking things because Edge and Christian were the brood. I mean, we. You, I remember. Yeah, yeah so you remember Edge from last year. I remember. And then, you know, the Hardy Boys were part of the new brood, and then they were with Michael Hayes, 
and they're, they're, everybody was feuding over Terry. Like, I guess I should say the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian are both brand new tag teams, like just on their own, their own thing, not associated with another thing. Got it. And they still haven't figured out what that is yet. Yeah. So there's th- all three of these groups are babies. They are all babies. We're still getting fucking stuttering Bubba Ray. We're not there yet. Yeah, and it doesn't help that the the tag titles have kind of been on either main eventers or the New Age Outlaws for the past a lot yeah. of the past year. True. So this is the start of a really good tag division. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more we can kind of say about how good this is. I mean, one of those where it, it is very much like the first of these, but like, don't think for a second that means it's like it's. This is a damn near perfect match. Yeah, like it's not rough around the edges. No. This this is a, this is a complete package. No, this is damn near perfect. It's just we, you know we get a, we get like new game plus later. <laughs> yeah, this is PS Five. We get PS Five Slim later. It's the same fucking thing. Let's go backstage. Kevin Kelly interviews the Fountain of Charisma, Linda McMahon and Mick Foley. <laughs> don't call her the Fountain of Charisma. Isn't she still a senator or something? No, no, she she never actually made it into the Senate. She was a cabinet member. Under Trump, she was. I don't yeah. think she's anything now. Good. Fucking stupid. Why was there a McMahon in politics? Because there needs to be men in every corner, Emily. Stupid. Mick puts over the importance of the main event and it says that tonight fairy tales come true for him. Nothing too crazy. Which is just a bummer when he says that when he later on says there goes Disneyland because he can't go to the fairy tale. <laughs> the magic dies. How do you feel about Mick being back? I love Mick. Yeah, but doing the retirement match and literally like three weeks later. You know how I feel about retirement matches. We talked about this a, a little bit before the show where it's like the problem with him coming back like this was he lost clean. There was no screwiness. It wasn't like, oh, a great injustice has been done. And I need to, you know, we need to right this wrong. It was exactly. No, he lost. He right. got he got retired. Then it, it was, was like, it was a perfect ending to his career. And then he was like, no, just kidding. Like, not even a year later, right? This was like six months later? And like three weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Well, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Terry Funk who? Yeah. No way out. He retired. Retirement matches mean nothing. I guarantee you one day we will see Roman Reigns retirement match and he'll be back on like SmackDown. Come on. You're, you're telling me you think the man who's known for not appearing all the time is going to randomly <laughs> show up. I do. Okay. They're going to reverse guard us. <laughs> I'm retiring. From a part-time schedule. Now I'm full-time. <laughs> oh, Christ. It's, it's our next match. It's the cat it's fight. The cat fight. Yeah. It is the cat with Mae Young versus Terry Reynolds with the fabulous trafficker. Hey. With special guest referee. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hello, anti-vaxxers. Oh, oh, is he anti-vax? Oh, buddy. Oh, he oh. is problematic on Twitter. Everything you love is ruined. Yeah, so we get the big horny pop to start. We get a referee towel on Val and his... Which is pretty great. And his, uh, I am cocked, locked, ready to come, whatever shirt ew, he has. Ew, ew, it, yeah, it's yeah. literally written in, in like... Oh, I know. Yeah. It's dripping white text. It's disgusting. I hate it. Not to be confused with uh, the uh, vagina shirt. Awful. Or the, um, I am ready to blow you into the stratosphere. Awful. Women's merch is abysmal. Turn you don't want to talk about this match. No, it's to about other awful shirts like Stop. that. Stop. Although, to be fair, uh, Sin Cara got the penis shirt. What was the penis shirt? He, it was it was him. He had his arms crossed like this, and it was just like like a silhouette of him. So it just it was in the shape of a penis. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Val Venus in his referee towel is pretty incredible. Like, I did love that. Because he always comes out in a towel. It made sense. It was good. 
Now, Emily, I don't know if you know this, but the, the big Valboski and WrestleMania have a lot in common. They don't, though. But the difference is, WrestleMania comes once a year, Ugh. and the big Valboski comes every single night. That's too much. You really need to cut back, man. That can't be healthy. So you get too much. Cat, cat comes out in just full body fishnets. Uh-huh. Which, okay, so we've talked about gear in the past. Just Maybe just you and I. We've talked about how, like, men wearing panties versus leggings is better because it's less for people to grab onto. Something along those lines. Yeah. Fishnets as gear. That is the easiest thing to grab onto. Yeah. There are literal finger holes everywhere for you to grab and pull. Yeah. Who decided that this was a good idea? Emily, this is not a, um, a five-star match. It's not? I loved this match. I thought it was great. Fuck you. <laughs> so the way you... I think this was the peak of women's wrestling. I don't even know if they said how you win. I might have missed it. They but, didn't. But the way you win no is cared. just by throwing your opponent out of the ring. Yeah. That's it. There's no pinning. They push each other and Val grabs Terry. They make out. So then Kat makes out with Val too. Because of course. Of course, no wrestling match has ever really kicked off without both opponents making out with the referee. That's how every match starts. Don't you remember when Austin and The Rock made it, both made out with Earl Hebner? Yeah. It's great. It's a classic moment. Ugh. I fucking hate this so much. Terry throws the cat and then does her horny little she-devil thing. I, I hated that into when we were watching it in the timeline. I hate it now. I, calling her horny little she-devil, the stupid little horn thing she does. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. We get a spear from the cat. You want to call that a spear? <laughs> you know, actually, hers wasn't that bad. Ugh. May gets on the apron. Tries to whip him out. <laughs> this distracts Val from seeing the cat winning. May then makes out with Val, distracting him again from the cat winning. And then Mula throws the cat out and Terry back in the ring. And Val turns around to see Terry in the ring. So Terry wins. Yay. <laughs> you know what? I wrote this and I'm going to stick with it. May cleans house and hits a Bronco Buster on Mula. I mean, yeah, that is what happens. <laughs> the cat strips Terry to end the segment. Like, can Stephanie, can Stephanie invent women already? This is awful. <laughs> this, yeah, this... This just makes me so sad. Like, a little bit of fun with Mae Young, but that's it. This being combined with probably being, like, the loudest crowd of the show so far, this just makes me sad. Emily, there's one saving grace to this. Huh. It was not for the women's title. That's a good point. <laughs> also, this feud goes for almost a year. They it's only full... have two women on the roster. Of course it's going to go for a year. They have more than that. Do they? Jacqueline, you wouldn't know it. Not appearing here tonight. Jacqueline and Ivory. Yeah, you wouldn't know it. They're not They're not here. Well, there is China, who is the subject of our next backstage China segment. doesn't count. China does not count as being in the women's division. She is wrestling men. She doesn't count for the women's division. You would not catch her dead in a ring going against the cat. Are you kidding me? Never forget that the cat was like her sidekick for a little bit. I did forget that. Uh, unfortunately for the women's division, China does not count for the women's division. The radicals talk backstage and Eddie is distracted a bit by China. China, <laughs> cut the China going. He's disgusting. Pig. Spoilers, they will be paired up tomorrow night. <laughs> you can't resist a bad boy. So we get the Radicals. Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero versus Too Cool and China. My boys. Talk about boys. <laughs> yeah, she's like, boys. My boys. <laughs> Dean Malenko comes out with a rarely seen light heavyweight title. Yeah, I don't think we really see it. Like, the strap's a different color, and I don't know if that's ever explained. Mm. Eddie takes off his shirt at the start of the match and, and throws it over to China to, like, flirt a little bit. 
Does he do a shimmy in this match? Probably a little bit. It makes me mad every time Logan Paul does the shimmy. It makes me mad every time Dominic Mysterio does the shimmy. It's working then. I, I know. Okay. I know. How long until Logan Paul and Dominic Mysterio like team up? They've been playing with that, but it's one of those yeah. one of those where they don't want to add him to, to the to the Judgment Day. No, I think the Judgment Day needs to split up, and Dominic and Logan need to team up. That'd be great. I would love that. Eddie and Scotty start, and I'm like, ooh, I'd like this as a singles match. Yeah. Oh God, I love Scotty. Literally, Scotty with any of them, I'm like, yeah. Just keep putting Scotty in the ring. I don't care what he does. Just keep him in the ring. China tags in, and Eddie rushes to tag in Dean. Grandmaster Sexay gets China to do a little dance that. I hate it. She does not have rhythm. It. China does not dance. You shouldn't be dancing. Some solid tag action as Perry puts on Grandmaster Sexay's do-rag. And they can't come up with a name for do-rag on commentary. They keep calling it the headpiece, the headdress, the scarf. Like, finally they get the word, but like, come on, guys. Scotty tags in but eats the ropes and we get Eddie flirting with China some more. And then just like blasts her behind the, the ref's back. I'm like, yeah. you fucking creep. He comes off as such a gentleman. He won't fight a woman. And then he's a bastard. No, it's not that he won't fight a woman. It's that he's literally cowering away from her. Yeah. Two cool fights off a double team and Scotty hits a double worm to a massive pop. Oh, I loved it. The worm. Eddie hugs the referee so his partners can cheat. Thrust kick to Scotty Duhati from Saturn followed by a mostly missed diving elbow. Mostly. Eddie goes up top and gets crotch so Scotty hits a superplex. We get the hot tag to China, and it's so hot her pants rip. I feel so bad for her in this match. Yeah. Because she did, like, there's nothing that she can do. Double low blow to Dean and Perry. DQ? China counters a powerbomb and hits one of her own. Then get a testicular claw to Eddie and a press slam. Testicular claw. We get a weird sleeper slam, which was... I'm trying to think of Billy Gunn had been doing that at this point yet. And China wins. It's kind of a weird delay in the pin. I'm almost wondering, was it... A little bit of an audible, like, we'll shave a minute or two off just because, like, she's actually having the wardrobe problem. Yeah, maybe. Because I, like, I don't, I, like, I don't doubt that they were supposed to win. Yeah. I'm Because there was definitely some sort of conversation going on because whenever, like, whenever Too Cool wins a match, they stick around in the ring and they do their little celebratory dance. These three booked it backstage. Yeah. And good for Too Cool for staying with China. Like, I respected that. It might also be the fact that they, they, they have their dance later. I know. But, like, it's Too Cool. They're supposed to dance. This was a fun little match, but... I, know, I I thought this was just classically good action from both sides. Yeah. I thought I'm, this was a lot of fun. It's one of those that, like, again, doesn't feel like WrestleMania-worthy match. Maybe not. Yeah, but, like, no, this was actually like, a fun little match. I loved it. You know, everybody here can go. No no, no notes. I loved it. Yeah. And Seeing Eddie wrestle is always fun. We haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, sure. He, he, he rarely stopped wrestling, like, like, a month or two before the, the, uh, the Radicals left. Yeah. He's just gone. We'll see one of the radicals a little later, and all of Too Cool a little later as well. Nice. Let's move on to our WrestleMania contest winner. I did not know, know her name. So this person won tickets to WrestleMania and like a private flight out there. They flew from Allentown, Pennsylvania, and were like having people over to watch WrestleMania, apparently. <laughs> Just left them all in their house. It's staged. And now they're at the show. It's staged. So, the one element of the staging that I'm questioning, I'm like, it's a six-hour flight. Yes. So, they would have had to get get to the airport, fly, get to the arena. We're talking eight to ten hours. Eight to ten hours. Yes. So, they had people over at their house at, like, six o'clock in the morning? Or, or did they just show up to WrestleMania and they missed the first? No, it's all fucking staged. Yeah. This was filmed a well, week ago. If it was staged, to quote me and Gene, put that cigarette out. 
<laughs> Woman answers the door, cigarette in hand, holding her kid like the cigarette's like four inches away from the kid's head. Like Jesus, gonna ash him. So we cut to her in the crowd. She's just wooing. She's a woo girl. She has nothing else to say. She just woos for a long period of time. She woos in her rock t-shirt. It's not that she has a t-shirt of the rock. It's just a it's just a black tank top that said rock. Which she was wearing at her house. Yes. They had her put on a WrestleMania t-shirt for the flight. And then she changed back into the tank top. But during one of the talking heads on the flight, she's in the rock shirt. It's, they obviously just put the WrestleMania shirt over the tank top. Maybe she got hot. I don't know. Maybe she was chilly. We're overanalyzing this segment. <laughs> Only have one year until William Borchette. <laughs> He's next year's contest winner. Is he infamous? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Let's go backstage. Big Show cutting a shit promo. What? That can't be right. Most electrifying man gets unplugged. And Mick Foley will be retired for good. Like, weird delay there. The worst part about this promo, it was it was Shane hyping up Big Show. <laughs> Shane calls his father Vinnie Mac. Yeah. He calls his father Vinnie Mac. That's a terrible name. And then Emily Triple H, game over. And he does the fucking throat slash. Stupid. Shane also mentions, I wish my mom wasn't here. (laughs) Why? Why'd you feel the need to stick that in here? I wish your mom wasn't here too, Shane. (laughs) We all do, Shane. (laughs) How's your quads? It was like, wait, Emily, it's WrestleMania to Shane. Could it happen again? I still think that it's so funny in the recap packages of the most recent WrestleMania. They show that as just like a great moment for Snoop Dogg. And they just cut Shane out of it. That's just, he's just not part of that. Go to a clip from earlier tonight on on Heat. Kurt Angle choked out Bob Backlund for giving the company the idea for the match tonight. And then um, we go backstage. Kurt Angle's talking to security, being a fucking dork. Security guy is having none of it. So Kurt is trying to like talk up the security guy to give him like extra coverage or something. Like, You're going to need some. I'm very popular. After I win. <laughs> the guy's just the looking at him like. The security guy's just like, who are you? Yeah. Let's go to our triple threat match. It's widely known. But I guess we didn't mention that um, that cat fight is the only singles match on the card. It doesn't even feel like a singles match. Yeah. Because there are two other people involved. Yeah. That's really sad that that's the only singles match. But our triple threat match, it is Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho versus Kurt Angle. It's a double triple threat Euro Continental title match. Good Lord. That's not wordy at all. Yeah, so the it, it's two falls. The first one is for the Inter- Intercontinental title. The second one is for the European. Yes. Jericho comes out with the mic. WrestleMania is Jericho. Hits his catchphrases. Cool. Good job. He does call out Kirk Angel and Mr. Roboto. Kirk Angel? It's so simple. That's so good. I miss this man on my TV so much. Well, on the opposite of that, I'm like, we were done with Benoit. <laughs> One more time. With feeling. Kurt Angle, double champion. Debuted like four and a half months Which ago. Which is bizarre. He's also baby. Everybody's yeah. baby in this show. We had a strike-heavy start. Jericho dropkicks Benoit to the floor. Jericho's also kind of baby. Benoit stops a Jericho triangle dropkick to Angle, but Jericho manages to hit one onto both opponents at the same time. Belly-to-belly suplex to Jericho from Kurt. We get a butterfly backbreaker to Kurt. And Benoit sends Jericho from the top rope into the announce table. It looked rough. It did. Jericho hits a breadstrobe dropkick and then is hit with a backbreaker from Benoit. Jericho hits his, his one-hand bulldog and walks into Benoit chops. That man can chop. Until Angle hits a back suplex on, on Benoit. He also manages to lock in the cross-faced chicken wing, which... Is his submission move that predates the the ankle lock? Because he doesn't have that one yet. Okay, yeah, because I was wondering why this was his submission move. So, 
it was Bob Backlund's move. Bob uh, Backlund was managing Kurt Angle yes. for a little bit. Like, that was so short-lived. Yeah, I did not remember Bob Backlund having a part in um, Kurt Angle at all. Wow, nope. I did not remember Bob Backlund having a, a part in Kurt... Oh, my God. You, you, you want to say Kurt Angle, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Kurt Angle at all, yeah. Yeah. One more, one more time, one more time. I did not... Don't look at me. Don't believe it all this. No. <laughs> Fuck it, move on. Uh, yeah, he was with him less than he was with Darren Young, where he wanted to make Darren Young Bob Backlund was with Darren Young? Yeah. I Bob Backlund does not stick in my brain. He is just like... He's like um, Men in Black. He comes in, they do the little flashy, and he's gone. Benoit breaks up the cross-face chicken wing after a second arm drop. Benoit throws Angle into the crowd, then hits a diving headbutt onto Jericho and pins him and wins the Intercontinental title. Wow! Not a lot of fanfare for him winning his first title in WWE. Nope. Because he we just goes straight into the next part, so... Yep. And Angle breaks up the second pin attempt. Like, nope, you're not winning that easy. <laughs> Angle gets crotched going for the moonsault, but Benoit super back suplexes Jericho, and then Angle actually goes for the moonsault on Benoit and misses, but damn, it's beautiful. It's such a good moonsault. Jericho locks in a lion tamer for a second, but Benoit stops it. Struggling double powerbomb from Jericho. I'm like, yeah, you don't try that move too much longer, yeah. do you? You can do it on Juventud Guerrero. You're not doing that on uh, Kurt Angle. Hoovy ha- like, has like 150 less pounds on him. I don't know about that. But. Yeah, 100 maybe. He's a lot more tinier. He's leaner. Triple Germans with a bridge only gets a two for Benoit, and then we get a bridging full Nelson suplex, resulting in a very sloppy pin attempt. Yeah. Like, I don't know how cool the shoulders idea, can be done down for that. No. It's a cool idea, though. It's like a cool wear him down move. Then get a ref bump. Benoit locks in the crossface and Jericho taps out. But again, ref's down and didn't see it. Taps out immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's meant to crossface is meant to be not a joke. I know, but it, it's immediate. Well, we then get a lion taper to Benoit and he's quietly tapping. Commentary doesn't note that, but you see, like in the shot, you see the hand. Oh, is Benoit tapping in the yeah. lion tamer? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, but referee's still down, so. So it doesn't matter. Submission on submission. Oh, yeah, because I called that the walls in... My yes, because it, it, if the if the knee is on the neck, it's, it's the lion tamer. If he actually sits down, it's, it's the, the Jer- walls. Yeah. yeah, we get a bell shot to Jericho, but Benoit stops the pin attempt. Like he goes like all the way around the ring <laughs> to like make to like put Jericho's foot on the rope. I'm Still like, a lap. like you could have broken that up various different ways. Yes. Benoit goes for another diving headbutt, but but misses, and Jericho hits a lion salt and pins Benoit. Jericho wins the European title. Kurt Angle has lost both belts without being involved in either decision. Which is incredible storytelling. Yeah. That's a great bit right there. This was such a good match for storytelling. Like, I swear, like, the angle bit of that, to me, adds, like, a half star to this match. I agree. Because he's already such a whiny little baby not getting what he wants, and then this is adding on to not getting what he wants. But, yeah, it's three guys who can very much go. I'd love to have seen this match a year from now where they're all a little more comfortable in the style and all that. Oh, definitely. But But this was just a really good match with storytelling, good, good wrestling. And it was just nice to see these guys again. Yeah, it's a very good match. I think that they have another gear that they they could hit in later years. It's the same thing with the ladder match. Yeah. Let's just do this match and that match next WrestleMania. Perfect. We, we, we get close. We do Angle and Benoit next year. Oh, true. But yeah, Benoit winning the, winning the IC title just very much gets glossed over here. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because it is the first title that he's won in WWF, which is like a big deal. Yeah. And also, it feels like the IC title is the bigger deal, and having that one be up uh, up first, supposed to being like the main event of the match, was yeah, kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. These are both pretty like nothing belts. I don't think that it really, in the grand scheme, mattered. Let's go backstage. Michael Cole interviews Vinnie Mac. 
Vinny Mac is the worst way to call him. Call us Vince. Are you going to be a factor? I like to think I'm always a factor. Yeah, he kind of just like skirted off this question because he's like, The Rock is confident he'll win regardless if I'm in his corner or not. So like, why are yeah. you there? He also notes that he's guaranteed to make the family right. Because of Triple H, he's a lot more fired up than before. He's that damn good. And this gives like, this like turns Stephanie on. I swear, she just like swooned a little after that. You don't like a confident man? I do, but they literally like, held on her when she went, ooh. You don't like a confident man who's going to beat up your dad? No, I don't like that. <laughs> Let's go to our second to last match. It is Rikishi Fatu and Kane with Paul Grimm versus DX, X-Pac and Road Dog with Tori. They're calling him Paul Grimm? <laughs> that, that's from Jid. Oh, no. It's Paul Bearer. <laughs> We're not bringing Jid into this. Mid-DX entrance, JR is like, that Jezebel. I'm like, that Jezebel. <laughs> I'm like, JR, give, give yourself time. The match hasn't even started yet. I love the word Jezebel. Road Dog can do one promo. Yes. <laughs> he... It's and funny. especially when he doesn't have Billy Gunn with him, yeah. he's one note. It's very much, the road dog and the K-Dog are very similar in, in in that regard. Who are the K-Dog? K-Dog is Conan. Oh, yes. Which, which, which I might have mentioned on the podcast, but apparently Conan did not get signed to WWE at this time, because every time he was ta- trying to like contact them, he kept only calling himself K-Dog. So they didn't like, know who he was? Yep. <gasps> That's so funny. <laughs> That is so Conan, too. That is so funny. But yeah, one promo. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Mid-Kane entrance commentary is like, yeah, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, Pete Rose. Like, all right, I get it. Okay, remind me who the fuck Pete Rose is. <laughs> in terms of the world or in terms of wrestling? Both. Pete Rose is the all-time hit leader in baseball. Got it. But he's banned from baseball because he bet on games. I think it was only when he was a manager. Okay. So he's a gambler. We get it. But why is he here? Because a couple years ago, they did something with him and Kane at WrestleMania for some weird fucking reason. Like, it made no sense. They had him come heel in the crowd and then heel Kane uh, came to beat him up. Cool. So they did that again last year. So now it's a thing. This is Yeah. This is year three. And then they drop it after this year. Good. Because this didn't make any sense and this no. was stupid and didn't add anything. On the outside, Tori slaps Paul Bear. So Kane just comes over and chokes her until Xbox stops it. Like, Jesus. Um, I really had a hard time placing Tori. Even now, like, her face is gone in my head. Yeah. Like, when you said Tori was with Kane, it, like, triggered a, a bell. Like, I kind of remembered, but I don't remember it enough. Well, last year, Tori was in the match with Sable where they gave her a stalker gimmick. I don't remember that. But they turned it into, well, Sable doesn't value her fans. So the stalker was the face. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Yeah. Wow. Immediate sting face to Road Dog. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes for one on Tori, but Xbox saves her. DX go to leave, but are brought back. Spin kick to Rikishi as we get a reminder that it is the year 2000, as they have a fun nickname for Kane. What's his nickname? The Big Red R-Word. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Don't you just love 2000? Bronco Buster to Rikishi, then uh, shake, rattle, and roll, and a shaky knee drop. X-Pac hits multiple strikes on Rikishi, but they really don't do much, much like hitting Fury Swipes on Nagron. <sighs> You had to get one in, didn't you? Yep. Pop-up cutter from Rikishi. Kane sets X-Pac up for the sting face, but Tori saves him. Paul Bearer then throws Tori in the ring. The crowd pops a little too much there. Kane throws her so hard into the corner. Kane sees Red and like goes for murder. What the fuck did she do to him? What am I forgetting? She broke his heart. Wow. This is a toxic ex. Yeah. This story with X-Pac and Kane has been going on literally since before Christmas, because they, they did the... 
if if Kane loses, Tori has to spend the holidays with X Pac. Wow. And and then they ended up hooking up and then What a stupid storyline. I think this has literally been going since like before Survivor series. What a stupid storyline. This is so stupid. At least this has a story going into it. At least there's that. So Tori gets sting faced, tombstone to X Pac, gets the pin. Faces win. This Glad was, that's over. This was not as cathartic as they wanted it to be no. because Again, this feud's been going for so long. You've had the cathartic moment like a couple times already. Let it die. Like they didn't up the ante on the story. They actually lowered the ante. They turned it into a random tag match. Yeah. This was really bad. Yeah. I mean, it had a story going in. That is the most praise I can give it. Yeah. It was messy. It was bad. There were too many stink faces. Too cool comes out for a dance. And now it's saved. We're good. This and, is the best match on the card. Well, and then we get the San Diego chicken coming and out. And it's ruined. <laughs> Commentary, is like, commentary is like, oh, well, that's Pete Rose, clearly. It's not. In, in a spot that just, I don't know. It, I guess maybe it, it it does factor in later. Every fucking week, Rikishi's like, I don't want to do the dance. Okay, I'll do the dance. Just be a fucking team player, dude. Do the fucking dance. Well, no, it's not that he doesn't want to do the dance. It's the magic of the sunglasses entrances him into doing the dance. It's, he's actually being hypnotized. He's doing it against his will. <laughs> okay. He's being possessed? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Too cool is possessing Rikishi by the Lord of the Dance. <laughs> in a spot of restraint, Kane grabs the chicken by by the throat, and I did not hear commentary go. He's choking the chicken. You're right. That is that is impressive. <laughs> he assumes it's Pete Rose until the real Pete Rose comes out. Rikishi stops a bat shot. Kane chokeslams Pete Rose. Pete takes it better than fucking Hulk Hogan does. I mean, that's not saying much, though. <laughs> we then get Pete Rose getting the stink face and. He takes it like a champ. Well, the, somebody, clearly he got good advice and Rikishi took care of him because it's one yeah. of those, he kept the chin high, he like he took it on the collarbone. Yeah, literally took it on the chin. Crowd was not into the the, the post-match angle. Which is unfortunate. Or really the match. I, I was happy to see Too Cool come out and do their little dancey dance. I couldn't remember if at this point Too Cool was with Rikishi or not, so yes. this was clarification that they are. So, I like Too Cool, and I'm happy to see them anytime I can, but this is the second time that I've seen Sky Too Hotty on my screen, and I'm not going to be mad about that. Fair. MVP. We then get Kevin Kelly backstage with The Rock. We're literally at ground zero, Rock. Ah! <laughs> Rock hypes up the, his entire last year and then drops his finally. <laughs> he says it isn't about anything other than, other than the title, and th- does all of his catchphrase. A little paint by numbers, but it's The Rock, so it's still going to be you know executed it's well. It's very paint by numbers. It's a very standard rock promo. We didn't get some celebrity sightings. Michael Clark Duncan, Martin Short. Martin uh, Short looked so out of place. French Stewart, uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell. What's French Stewart been up to since Third Rock from the Sun? Anything? He was in a Home Alone sequel. Oh. Where he played one of the, the characters from the Wet Bandits, but played it like he was both of them. That doesn't work. He's dressed as one, but the character's the other. That doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. But it's now time for our main event, McMahon in every corner for the WWE title. Strap in. It's a long one. It is Triple H with Stephanie McMahon versus The Rock with Vince McMahon versus Big Show with Shane McMahon versus Mick Foley with Linda McMahon. All right. So the combinations first. (laughs) Any of these not make a ton of sense to you? Shane Big Show. (laughs) Why? You tell me. Is it because they're like, oh, this master strategist Shane McMahon? No, it's just like, and 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 well, Big Show feels incredibly out of place with this combination of of wrestlers. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's like master tri- strategist Shane McMahon. Who does he have? 
the big show. I don't think it has anything to do with Shane. I think it's just whoever like created this match. Big Show does not fit in this foursome. He was he did hold the title in, in November. It doesn't make any sense. He's not in the same caliber as any of these other wrestlers. Mick Foley and Linda makes more sense, but not as much. Yeah. Rock and Vince makes sense. Triple H definitely makes sense. Like it makes more sense for Mick to be with Linda than with Shane. Yes, it, exactly. Yeah. You know, in reality, somebody who you could have put with Shane. That might have been a little too soon for him, but you put him with Shane in a few months and you have him go for the title. You kind of could have put Chris Benoit here. He's not big enough in this company yet. Is the Big Show? Big Show has had more time here. I mean, Benoit has won a world title more recently I mean, than Big Show. You're not wrong, and he would have been more in place with these wrestlers. And you could have helped he, build a new star. You're right. You are correct. He just hasn't had enough time here to like cement himself. P- oh, so. Plus, you have him eliminate Mick Foley. Then, you know, they, solidify that yeah. deal. Yeah, there's a lot of other people that like, again, give it a year and we have better options. Well, relatedly, I don't know how confirmed this has ever been, but Chris Jericho's on the poster in the Mick Foley spot. I was thinking him too. He would make sense in this foursome. But it'd be him instead of Mick. See, I'm like, I would rather him instead of Big Show. Because one of these Raws upcoming, like in the next month, is the one where Jericho wins the WWF title, but it gets reversed. Because uh, Earl Hebner does a fast count. Right. Jericho is kind of being built up in his character as kind of just like smarmy and, you know, kind of an asshole. Yeah. You know who else is smarmy and an asshole? The Rock. Shane McMahon. Oh. They would have been perfect together. <laughs> anyway, shall we get started on this behemoth of a match? Sure. I will say Linda is one year away from unironically her greatest moment in wrestling. The wheelchair? Yeah. Amazing. Triple H comes out to my time. I love it. I know you you, you like I, I never know what song you're talking about when you say Mon. Now you time. do. Yeah, I guess like this to me is Montel. Is this on? That's the name of the song. Everyone brawls to start. Lots of foley. What dish? Oh, lots of grunts. Big show gains control over everyone. They make no mention of last year's match at WrestleMania of Big Show versus Mick Foley. Oh, I did not remember that match. Yeah, that match is garbage. There's a reason I don't remember that match. <laughs> Big press slams to The Rock and Triple H. Foley tries for a sleeper, but Big Show drops back onto him. I remember them doing that last year through chairs, and it was like, oh, oh Foley got fucked up from that. Wow, so Foley is uh, has a track record of getting fucked up at WrestleMania main events. Yeah. Or WrestleMania matches, I guess, not main events. Foley stops a choke slam to Triple H with a low blow. All three men punch Show and, and knock him down, and then they all stomp him. It's like, Jesus. Yeah, it quickly became a three-on-one match. Which, like, good. Get this man out of here. Cactus clothesline to Triple H to the floor. Chair shot to Show's back, for, you know, in between the ropes. Rock bottom to the Big Show, and the Big Show's out in, like, five minutes. Good. Yeah. He didn't make sense in the in the combination. Now we have three people that make sense to actually wrestle each other. I'm okay with it. It makes sense, but unfortunately, it's created a weird dynamic, which is a problem throughout this match. What do you mean? It's two faces and one heel. The, <sighs> the heel's outnumbered, and for the match to work, you need to have one of the faces turn on the other. <sighs> and Yeah. We've got a lot going on in this match. We can't be worried about the heel face dynamics. Well, that's one of the reasons I was saying Foley should have been the first one out, unfortunately. That was never going to happen. It's Mick Foley. Yeah. So, because Triple H tries to reason with Foley to team up, Foley says no. So, Triple H immediately turns to The Rock and is like, I mean, we? What about, what about us? Like, you fucking asshole. You literally just did this right in, in front of him. In what world is this going to work out well, well for you? The Rock then goes, You, me, get him. Fuck yeah. And then immediately punches Triple H. Yeah. I just love reading people's, like, you can very clearly read lips when they're saying fuck. Like, it's such a, it's such a visual word. 
Rocket Talk ping pong Triple H and b- beat him down. They go to the outside, and it's the one thing they didn't want to oh, happen. No. As Triple H ducks and Rock hits Foley with the ring bell. Mick then suddenly grabs a, a barbed wire 2x4, but Triple H hit, hits a low blow and grabs it and hits Foley in the stomach. He's going to go for a second shot, but the Rock stops it. We get a double arm DDT to Triple H and then Mr. Socko. And the commentary does make a note of like, oh, this is the last time we'll see Mr. Socko. No, it's not. No, it's not. Rock calls for Foley to let him loose. And he hits Triple H with the, with the title belt and goes for the people's elbow. But Betrayal fully locks in the mandible claw on the rock. Jacuse. The crowd does not like this. No, this and, got lots of booze. And that's what I'm saying with the psychology of this match. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just makes Mick Foley look like a heel on his last night in the company. It's not, though. I know, but it's his last match for a couple of years. Yeah, his last perceived night in the company. Yeah. I don't know. You know how I feel about heel face dynamics. And I guess the fact that the crowd is, like, super against this, that that is a point in your corner. It's just... I, uh, it also makes... I have a hard time with it. It also makes Foley look kind of dumb, because, like, he's about to hit the people's elbow and probably eliminate tri- Triple H. Like, the only explanation is Foley does not think he can beat The Rock. Which is fair. And there's also egos at play. I mean, yeah. like, that's a whole other level of the psychology behind it. It's like, yeah. these men are egotistical, and they want to get the wins for themselves. Double low blow from Triple H breaks up the mandible claw, and then we get Vince sliding a chair into the ring very casually. It doesn't come up for a little while. Very casually. Just like, boop. Foley and Rock are just fighting now. Double arm DDT to the Rock, and it only gets a two. Triple H breaks up a pin for some reason. Think what? <laughs> he and Foley then agree to team up, and it's like, all right, we'll eliminate him, and then it's just down to, like, us for, like, a final confrontation. Yeah. To work over the Rock, his commentary notes that Mick Foley is thirty-four years old, and I'm like, this Jesus. like really pull, this pulled us out of it for a second because yeah. he's only thirty-four, and he's like, yeah, I'm retired. First of all, think about how much he has accomplished in his thirty-four years. He started so young, I guess, like younger than I even perceived, because he's only thirty-four. Yeah, I think he also just looked old when he started. <laughs> Nick, we are twenty-nine years old. He is only five years older than us. That's He's our he's your brother in law's age. That's crazy. The the thing that brought me back was I'm like God. He's retired at 34 years old, and then he did his stairs bump where he like takes it on his knees and flips over. I went, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he, okay. He he went a little hard. You yeah. know, he's he has earned his early retirement. But <sighs> speaking of that, Triple H lays the rock on the Spanish announce table, and he's oh. like, hey, you go up top, <laughs> get him, and fully. Goes to dive from, he goes from the second rope. That might have been part yeah, of the problem. Yeah. You can't get as much spring out of that one. Yeah. But he goes he goes to do a diving elbow to the rock and just hits the edge of the table. Yeah. And, he misses um, it by like inches. There's there's two stories to tell about this. One is apparently Triple H goes over at one point and he's like, you know, you're right. And Foley just goes, there goes Disneyland. Because they're in Anaheim and he's going to go to Disneyland tomorrow. <laughs> and then, I thought he looked fine here, but... In Mick Foley's own words, part of the reason he didn't make it was because um, in the few weeks between retirement and coming back, his his quest was to rid the world of pork ribs one rack at a time. <laughs> Good for him. Noble goal. He's earned it. Triple H decides that Rock is going through that table, so just hits like five elbow drops from different surfaces. Like, fucking break. Back in the ring, Triple H hits a pedigree on Mick, but Mick kicks out. Also, also one of those where I'm like, I wonder if we're speeding this up because he's hurt. I mean, if you're speeding it up, you're not doing a great job because it's still you, we've still got like a half an hour. Well, I'm saying match. his part. Maybe we then get a home run chair shot to Foley and a pedigree onto the chair, and Foley is eliminated. Crowd once again not happy. Yeah, 
I can't blame them. They do give Foley a nice standing ovation as he's leaving. And oh, of course. Foley sees Triple H kind of celebrating like on, on the monitor as he's leaving. Turns around, hits one last barbed wire two by four shot, does a little bang bang. And it's like, all right, that's a better way to send out Mick Foley Definitely. rather than... More in keeping with his legacy. So we're down to Triple H and The Rock. Probably what the main event should have been all along. Yeah, probably. But you had to have a McMahon in every corner. They brawl up the ramp and and Rock suplexes H on the stage. They head through the crowd and then around ringside. Triple H hits, a, hits, a, hits chair shots to the stairs on The Rock's chest. And then hits a pile driver onto the bottom steps. But back in the ring, The Rock kicks out. They counter each other's finishers, and Triple H crashes to the floor hard. Like, you, you gasped a little at it. I, yeah, he hit hard. They go back into the crowd, spine blaster on the floor. The Rock suplexes Triple H through the, through the regular announce table. And then Vince and Triple H start fighting. This is so bizarre, because like he's already in the family. Like yeah. They're married. He's committed to the family. In kayfabe. In kayfabe. But, like, kayfabe still. We're going off kayfabe. Yeah. Are you attacking your son-in-law? He's in your family legally. I mean, they did just feud the, the last few months of last year. Yeah, well. Well, then we get Shane running out and attacking Vince. See, I, rem- I vaguely had a memory of Shane interfering again in this match. I had a vague memory of him being in the ring during this match. So when he got eliminated, I'm like, am I thinking of a different match? And then he came back out, and I was like, I do remember! He hits Vince with a monitor. We were convinced that Vince was going to blade there. Every time he lays face down, I'm like, oh, he's blading. He's Vin- not. Well, Vince then just gets up and fights Shane some more until a low blow. Good. <laughs> and then Shane hits a massive chair shot on Vince. And I'm that's like, where oh, Vince that's blade. the blade. Yep. Makes more sense now. <sighs> Legends House star Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe held Vince to the back. As JR is like, he's losing blood by the bucket. By the court. By the court. It's like a little trickle of blood. Yeah. He didn't go very deep. Rock fires up the crowd with punches and a DDT. Tilt a whirl slam only gets a two as we see Shane has a chair. Face buster from Triple H and then a barbed wire two by four shot. Oh, brought that back in. I like the barbed wire two by four. Rock catapults Triple H into Shane before Shane can hit somebody with the chair. Rock then hits a rock bottom, but it's too tired for the pin. Shane has the chair, but Vince sprints out to the ring to attack him. Like, holy shit, this man's 40 time. with like a, <laughs> He ran like a 4-3-40 there. Yeah, he's ready. He, and the, the look on his face, too, when he ran out, it was just like demon. He was overtaken by Satan in that moment. Vince grabs a chair in the ring, but swerve, he hits the rock. What? Rock kicks out of this, so Vince hits another chair shot. Triple H cannot be bothered to do anything here. No. And Vince... Is standing over the pin with one finger each time going one, two, three. I'm sure we won't see that at any point in the future again. People immediately start throwing trash in the ring. I miss this. I love this. Throw like Throwing things into the... Like when we were at Raw, there was an announcement that came over of like, if you throw anything into the ring area, you will be removed and you will be banned from live shows. I'm like, why can't we throw trash? If it's bad, you should know it's bad. Steph and Vince hug in the ring. Shane gets in the ring and it's like, I swear, are you going to fucking hug? It's, like, it's going to be like, oh no, everything's good now. No, he does still cut into Shane. A little bit, but like they don't, it, it gets cut off before they can actually do anything. I'm mad that Linda didn't come back out and be like, my family is in shambles. The Rock comes back, Rock bottoms Shane, Rock bottoms Vince. He gives an insane look to Stephanie who slaps him, hits a Rock bottom Stephanie, People's elbow with a punch to Triple H beforehand to get it off. Because, again, he just vanishes. <laughs> Rock's music hits like this is a happy ending, but it is not. It is not a happy ending. It's a confusing ending. It's a weird ending. We close the show with a recap, and that's all for WrestleMania. WrestleMania 2000. We did it. 
Thoughts on the main event? Too much. It's a guilty pleasure match for me. Where I'm like, I, I like the in-ring work, but yeah, the swerve at the end, it's like, what the fuck? I like the bullshit. I do kind of like the story that this that, that match brought in. It's stupid, but I like the McMahon family in disarray. I like feeding into that. I think it's kind of funny. You're right. It's too much. Or you're, you're right that it can be a guilty pleasure. It's just, it was too much. I think if you took out Vince and Triple H fighting earlier, it would... Take, it would take out a little bit of the, like the gap in logic. Yeah, like we didn't even talk about the, the how we got here because no, the Rock was not part of this match at one point, and Vince was the one who got him into this match. The whole reason for the swerve is meant to be like, no, I'm like restoring the balance to the family. He did say, I'm going to make it right. Yeah. Which is him like alluding to this ending. Yeah. Restoring balance to the family. Of course. Again, they're legally bound. <laughs> he is your son-in-law. But yeah, the match is too long. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's self-indulgent. It is self-indulgent. <laughs> but like you said, the in-ring work from the wrestlers is good. It is. Like even Big Show has like, like does fine for what his spot is. Yeah. But he only had to go five minutes, supposed to go in 45 yeah. or whatever it was. It was a long Because I think this is the second longest WrestleMania match to uh, to this point. Wow. It might still be. I forget if Edge and Orton passed this or not. Oh, that was a long match. I think literally it might be like... I this think, is, didn't I, that one hit an hour? I think this is like 45 minutes and that one's like 42. God, that was a long match. Yeah. Oh, I never want to watch that match again. But thoughts on WrestleMania as a whole? I didn't hate it. Yeah. I really didn't. It's not. It's, it's a very mid-tier WrestleMania. You said this was a great no way out. Honestly, I my gut is to say it's a great judgment day, but now judgment day has a different meaning. But. Yeah, it does. I thought this was a great show, and I thought this was a great pay-per-view. Maybe not a WrestleMania, but I still think it had big names, big pull. I think it was still worth your money and your time if you went to the show. Yeah, we can agree there. It's, it's very much a, like, there's combinations of these matches that I'm like, okay, you could have done that. Like, frankly, as much as we enjoyed the Radicals and Too Cool match, you should have had that be Eddie versus China. Should have been, yeah. But again, that's going to happen in a year. This is just I don't maybe they, not a year. I don't think they do it. Do they not? I don't think so. I get people who aren't into this show. I mean, it's one of those where how you feel about the main event will vary. There's one outstanding match, one very good match. I think there's a lot of people who have different opinions on what the best match of this card is. I think it's a combination of is the main event the best match, the TLC the best match, or is it the triple threat? Because all three of those are really solid matches. Last one's too long, but you know, that's my own take. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. Yeah. There are so many opinions about this pay-per-view in general that like it's not going to please everybody. And that's why it's such a weird one to gauge, I guess, like yeah. on the internet. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only two stinkers. Well, it's the it's the cat fight. And what's the other one? The uh, head cheese. Yeah. The DX match is just so quick that I don't think I can call it a stinker. I don't know. The DX match was pretty bad. It's, it was bland. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But when it's DX, bland is pretty, you know, damning. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're dancing around it. Let's go into best bit, worst bit, and MVP. I think we have the same best bit. But yeah, I don't think it's even a question. Yeah, I, it's the pre-LC. It's yeah. a triangle ladder match. Absolutely. I, yeah, honorable mention to the triple threat. Yeah. I think and I think even as somebody who enjoys the main event, I still think there's a decent sized gap between the main event and then those two. Absolutely. Yeah. Emily, what's your worst bit? Oh, it's the cat fight. Yeah. It's Obviously. the cat fight. The cat fight like bar none. And Emily, I I struggled with this one. Who is your MVP? So, uh, this one was hard for me 
because I have two people on this list that I want to give MVP to just because I love them and I haven't seen them in a while and I want to swoon over them while I can. Who is your who's your actual I guess, uh, I think I'm gonna give it to Scotty. Okay. He he doubled up this week. He's like, he's he your doubled MVP. up. He's my MVP. He, doubled, in my heart. he did a dance. He was on screen twice. I, I think we could also say honorable mention to everyone in the Triangle Ladder match. It's yeah. one of those where it's such a cumulative effort that, like, yeah, it, yeah, picking one person doesn't feel fair. No, it's not. So I I had a hard time with mine. I think I'm going to go with Kurt Angle. Valid. I think that's fair. For a second, did you think he was not in the league of Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho? Oh, absolutely. And he's doing this four and a half months. And, that, yeah, absolutely. And, and even then, you get a little backstage segment of what a fucking dork this guy is. Yes. So, so he does put over his character and yeah. he does put over his skill in very little in-ring time. I know. Hot take. Kurt Angle's really good. What? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this birthday episode the birthday. of the Butts in the Seats podcast. I'm 29. Next up is Ready to Rumble. Oh, which, it's been 84 years we've been talking about this movie. Then after Ready to Rumble, we're going with Reboot Nitro, and we're there, folks. We're we're almost at episode 100. We're crawling towards it. But until we get to all of those, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, Deezer, and iHeartRadio. Deezer. You can also follow us on social media. At most of them, it's at Butts in the Pod. Facebook, Butts in the Seats Podcast. You can also follow us on Patreon if you feel so inclined. It's just the Butts in the Seats Podcast on Patreon. Um, for our $5 tier members, there is an extra episode every month. We just finished up our um, our journey into the Legends house. Which that, that, got, <laughs> that got real at the it end. It got real, real, real fast. And our December episode is going to be ECW's December to Dismember. Because oh. it's the holidays. Oh, God. Emily did not tell me about that until before right now. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, no. And tis the season. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Tis the damn season. You know what? She did ask me if that was on the schedule. I went, oh, weirdly, it's not. Oh, oh fuck. interesting. <laughs> well, you got that to look forward to. Good Merry morning. Christmas to us. Uh, <laughs> but until we're ready to rumble, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts the Seats podcast. Bye-bye.